Chris Galsey here with Matt Howell. On this episode of The First Run, Matt, it's a show about wasted opportunities. First up, we're going to discuss Rampage. Dwayne Johnson brings the classic video game to life where you have the big gorilla, you have the big wolf, and you have the big lizard, and it's up to Dwayne to save the day. We're also going to talk about a film that's been percolating here on this show for quite a while, and that is Inside. The U.S. remake of the, I'm going to say it, Matt, classic French horror film. Or is it Spanish? French? It's French. It was French. French horror film. Because you know why? This version is an American-Spanish film. Yeah, it so is. I think yeah. that's what threw me off. So, uh, But still, it's the remake starring Rachel Nichols, friend of the, Matt Howell. So <laughs> sure. by the transitive properties, uh, friend of the show. Mm-hmm. So she did ask for your opinion on the film. And we're going to tell her. And then we're also going to take advantage of the uh, hashtag filmstrucks. They've been doing a lot of hashtag filmstruck four. They ask you, you know, what were the films that impacted your youth? How would you define yourself with four movies? But of course, it's going to be the TFR five because, as Matt so eloquently put it, this is our damn show. <laughs> so let's start everything off with a clip from Rampage. It's weird. You like hang out with animals more than people. Yeah, well, animals get me. I rescued George when he was two years old. George never would have survived on his own. He definitely trusts you. Last night, George was seven feet and weighed 500 pounds. George, you okay, buddy? You're scared. It's okay. This morning, he's nine feet pushing a thousand. What's happening to my friend? Are you familiar with genetic editing? Changes will be incredibly unpredictable. Is he the only one? Oh, you didn't know about the 30-foot wolf? That's right, Matt. And they also don't know about the 30-foot alligator thing. Sure. So, I don't know if everybody remembers Rampage. Unlike the most recent spat of video game movies, Matt, they've been more current, right? You got your right. Assassin's Creed's, you got your Tomb Raiders, right? Mm-hmm. So, so there have been a... It, this, Rampage is an old, old game back yeah. in my youth. So, mm-hmm. where you basically choose to play either Godzilla, let's be clear, King Kong, mm-hmm. right? right. Or, or, or a big lizard. Or a big and, wolf, man. And a big wolf. I'm sorry. Thanks. Yes. So you, well, that was King Kong. Oh, that's right. Was it a wolf? I thought it was a lizard, a, a gorilla, and uh, a wolf. Yeah, and a wolf. A wolf man. It was a big giant werewolf. That's right. You know what? I clearly don't know what I'm talking about. So the whole point though of the game is you'd climb up buildings and you'd bash the buildings and you'd actually take the people out and eat them yep. for extra points and stuff yep. and uh, yep. have to fend off the helicopters and all that other fun stuff. Right. So, Matt, let me ask you, does does Rampage really capture the pure joy and spirit of playing the game Rampage? Uh, no, not really. I mean, the the I mean, Rampage was a one-trick pony. I remember thinking it was pretty cool when I was 7 years old because it was all about just smashing the buildings as fast as you possibly could and being Godzilla for a while was also pretty cool, but mm-hmm. um doesn't really have a whole lot of narrative to speak of, which really makes it difficult to stretch it into an hour and 40 minute movie. Which no. they try to do. 
yeah, it's this thing. All right, the problem is, I think that Brad Payton, who is your director, I think, I think he tries to go too many, two different, two different ways with this thing, and unfortunately, doesn't really handle both either of them well. The problem is, it is oddly violent at times, mm. right? It's like, graphic. yeah, very graphic, which I was taken aback by. You know, listen, I'm an old hat with the gore, and we'll get into that just a little bit when we talk about inside, but. With Rampage, the problem is you're you're injecting a lighter tone and almost making a kids movie that is very graphic at times, which I thought yeah. was weird. So, yeah. and the other thing too is that there's the introduction of the humor that doesn't really work. The script I think is really subpar here, mm-hmm. and you can see Dwayne kind of just just you know getting into the wind up. Here's the pitch. Here comes the big joke that you know is coming, and, and, and it's a dud. Right. So here's our problem. Choose a path. If you want to make an ultra-violent monster movie based off of the Rampage video game, do it, baby. Do it. Right. Right. If you want to make a funny film that is a kind of a smirking nod to the classic game, then go for it. But go for one. Because clearly trying to go right down the middle of this path didn't work at all. Right. And uh, I want, if you're going to just, I want you to embrace how ridiculous this would be. Just get as meta as possible or double down on the terror. The fact that you have the old arcade game of rampage in the office of the evil CEOs. I don't know if you caught that. No, I didn't see that. No, I missed it. Oh yeah. It's that. (laughs) So, which means what? This whole program was based on the game to begin with. That's where they got their Uh, diabolical plan. Sure. I don't know. So, but just, you know, I just choose one path and run it, run down. All right. Run it down. That's where I come down with this thing. I really feel I, here's the problem. I can't recommend it for this to adults because it's insipid, repetitive, and dumb. And yep. I can't just like the game. It, yeah, and I, well, yeah, and I can't <laughs> recommend it to kids because of the violence. It's actually yeah. it is. It's I think it's too intense for kids. So yeah. I not not a fan, man. Am I wrong? Talk to me. No, you're not wrong. Um, I mean, this is kind of uh, Rampage is not screaming out for any kind of film treatment, and unfortunately, that just kind of proves the point. This film, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> it is really like you said. It's it's disturbingly violent in some spaces. Um, there are some pretty gruesome eating deaths. Um, I think there's one scene where the wolf is literally eating people out of a bus um, in a uh, in a, a national park. Um, mm-hmm. So it's 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 pretty graphic. But as you said, the jokes just fall flat. I mean, they're just kind of going for that kind of hokey Arnold Schwarzenegger '80s kind of out of nowhere one-liner thing, and it just it just doesn't work. Um, you know, I know. Dwayne's trying to become the new Arnold and he's certainly are we reaching peak exposure here with the rock I mean it seems like he's everywhere I think he is the number one I think it's safe to say he's probably the number one action star on the planet right now I mean he opens up mm-hmm. he's he'll he'll put fannies in seats but uh his star <laughs> wattage in this is just it only gets you so far and he, I don't right. know if he's gonna keep picking these films because if you look at his ovra yeah he doesn't have a terminator he doesn't right. have a predator right i don't i can't think of am i wrong am i missing something i can't i i don't think any there's anything and, that's like a, a classic that he is the main draw and don't at me with the fast and furious crap all right no. that ain't it 
He's so, the, that's 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 a that's an ensemble. That's an ensemble cast. It's, it's really it's the big chill of our generation. <laughs> it really is. I'm glad you recognize that. <laughs> yes. Big chill, seven times over, or are we up to eight times over with fast cars. That's really <laughs> what it is. <laughs> <sighs> uh, but I mean, Jumanji wasn't bad. I don't know if it was classic, but, but that's, again, that's is that, I, no, I confess I haven't seen it yet, but yeah, it's pretty good. Um, he, I, I, so I have his, I have his, his filmography up right now and I'm not, I'm, he's got a great small part in the other guys. In yeah. The fast films, the GI Joe thing, painting gain is good, but it's not a, it's not a, no, he doesn't have anything. It's not going to be Baywatch folks. It's not, I don't know yeah. for and skyscrapers coming out shortly is, which is his diehard, right? Right. So, and, and that's the sad part too. Is I think we can we can check that off as we go. Or this is his predator. Right. This is his. Right. I mean the Hercules thing that they tried to do fell flat. He's got a, that disaster film San Andreas. You know what I actually enjoyed him in is that movie Faster. I don't know if okay. you remember that one. No. That one's not too bad. So, um, but that's still very, very much, very much a genre film. So yeah, he doesn't have that defining. You know what it's. You know what. You know what it's gonna be. What is it? What's what's one of the roles he supposedly tagged to play, Matt, in the next couple of years? Oh, Black Adam. That's right. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, but he's not even the lead. He's the bad guy. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. I got nothing. <laughs> so yeah, any more thoughts on the uh, rampage? No, you I got mean, it, something. I mean, it's 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 just it's just uh, it was un- completely unnecessary. It's not really that fun. Um, I mean, I, I hesitate to say it's like the worst movie we've seen so far this year because it's certainly not. We've seen some real stinkers this year, um, but it's just it's just it is what it is. It's just kind of blah. And I mean, I, I can't really muster any kind of massive emotions for it either positive or negative really it's just Mm kind of like it's there and i'm going to forget about it and i'm gonna be like oh yeah i remember for the show i had to watch this and i'm kind of irritated i gave it my ten dollars but other than that that'll be basically it well yeah we gotta get you on movie pass or something yeah Yeah, i just i don't man you know too it's just it's it could have been at least entertaining it really could have been if you if you go the full monster route or if you, you know, with the straight horn and tear and maybe inject some actually well-written jokes, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, or just go in and wink the hell out of this thing, chew up the scenery and just have yourself a time. Unfortunately, mm. neither of those things happened. You know what I would say? You want a, a good double feature, Matt? Yes. You go with the equally impressive Pacific Rim Uprising. You just knock these two bad bears up against each other, one bam, bam. after the other. Boom. And um, you may never want to watch a movie ever again the rest of your life. <laughs> and that's what we're going for here. We're really trying to make sure the movie going public never goes to see another film. I'm not even sure what to give this thing, Matt. What do you have a you got a grade for me? Um, I'm gonna give it a C minus just because I can't really muster any more hate for it than to give it a D. I like I just didn't hate it enough, and like I'm not as angry at it as I usually am to give it a D or anything lower than a C minus. Yeah, I think same for me. Um, shockingly, we agree. I think that uh, I think that Dwayne, I think the Rock is—he does elevate everything he's in. Mm. 
but the fact that we elevated to a passing grade to the C minus, I think, is uh, a testament to how poor a film Rampage is. Yes. Shame on you, um, whomever people, yeah, whoever with this thing. You know, at least we didn't. You know, uh, we didn't see the emoji movie. I feel like. Oh, oh, I saw the emoji movie. Oh, how was that? It was not good. (laughs) It was predictably. You know, my daughter had a really good time though. She enjoyed it. That's good. (laughs) Well, she's she's five. She was five at the time. Yeah, she's the target audience anyway, right? So right. All right, coming up on Blue, you know, shoot us an email, feedback at the first. You know, don't even bother. Nobody wants to talk yeah, about we Rampage. Yeah, don't, we, don't, we, don't we don't care what you have to say about Rampage. Nobody does. I say, yeah, it's not that we don't care. It's that we know you don't. No one, <laughs> want, no one has wants to spare a second thought on this thing. So you shouldn't, we shouldn't. Just coming up on Blue Ray and DVD, Matt, this upcoming <laughs> Tuesday. <sighs> okay, we're going to talk about Hostiles. It's going to be April 24th. So that's the Christian Bale film um that not quite as successful as it could have been though a really interesting narrative i think and in the end we both mostly enjoyed it yeah i think that's fair and uh yeah so and of course national treasure jesse plus plemons is in it as well uh checked out hostiles den of thieves which we haven't seen comes out with an unrated version which includes an alternate ending Uh, i think we should pop this in the hopper at some point the den of thieves it's the uh you know, Crooked Cops and the Bad Guys. I think 50 Cent's in it and um, Pablo. Oh, uh, right. Not Escobar, but the um, Ray Donovan guy, his brother. Oh, okay. You know, uh, Leave Schreiber, Pablo Schreiber. Leif Schreiber. Got there. Oh, okay. Got there, eventually. Um, the next entry in a film series we have not seen is Maze Runner. Mm. I'm not I drunk. didn't see the first one. Maze I saw the first one. Runner. Not Maze Runner. <laughs> the Death Cure. <laughs> Yeah. Some deleted and extended scenes, four featurettes, a gag reel, visual effects with optional commentary, includes audio commentary as well. Matt, you saw the first one. How yeah, I it? caught it on like uh, HBO or something one night. It's actually, the first one wasn't bad. I, I did start to watch the second one, but it was completely nonsensical, so I stopped watching it. So I haven't seen the second one the whole way through. All right. Well, coming up as well on Blue Rain Deep this upcoming Tuesday is a film. There's a second series, second film in a series, I guess. The first one is supposed to be absolutely just beautiful. And the second one is just to be just as good. I haven't seen either of them. I think we should watch them for the show, maybe as a palate cleanser at some point. Okay. I'm guessing maybe you've seen the first one. And of okay. course, I'm talking about Paddington. Mm, I have seen the first one. Yeah, it's actually a pretty good movie. I haven't seen the I haven't seen the second one. I'd be down for that. All right. So maybe we'll check out the Paddingtons. I know the misses would be uh, like to see that. I just hear, I know who do I like, Noel Murray, I think it is. Maybe it's Matt Singer. Some of the uh, critics I follow on the Twitters, uh, they blush about how much they adore the Paddington films. Mm. So I think it'd be good to check them out at some point. Uh, A film that was featured here at the Gasparilla International Film Festival down here in Tampa, Bombshell, the Hedy Lamarr story, is being released as well. It's a documentary by Hedy Lamarr. If you're not familiar, she was uh, one of the top leading ladies in the 1940s, Matt, but she was also a brilliant inventor. She's basically responsible for Bluetooth technology. Really? Yes. Mm, that's very interesting. She invented the radio system that is the basis for Bluetooth today. Wow, I did not know that. So there Good you for go. you, Hattie. Dr. Detroit is being released by Shout Factory. I remember the Dr. Detroits with the Dan Aykroyds. I remember that uh, uh, watching this when I was a kid and it was naughty because I believe there were 
scantily clad women in this thing. And I felt like it was an adult comedy that I was able to sneak and watch. Mm-hmm. So if you're a big fan of the doc, did you see Dr. Detroit? Uh, no, I can't say that I have. Yeah. I don't know if you should. <laughs> also shout is giving us a truly dreadful film that has a cult following that I do not understand. And that is the Jean-Claude Van Damme film Cyborg. Oh, Cyborg. That's such... Wow. That's a real stinker of a Van Damme movie. It is really bad. Yeah, it's really bad. And I don't understand the affection for it. Maybe, you know, we'll talk about that. Email. For feedback at thefirstrun.com. Nothing about Rampage. But Nothing. I'm curious. Defend Cyborg. I don't get it. <laughs> Explain to me why it's better than Bloodsport, which it's not. Well, it can't possibly be. <laughs> includes a brand new 4k remaster of the film audio commentary by writer director albert pune albert pune also directed that captain american movie from back in the day mm. which for some reason made the red skull italian ah a couple other featurettes in the making of the film so there you go uh arrow video is giving us killer clowns from outer space i have oh, never wow. seen killer clowns now uh, a lovely young gentleman named Mike who runs the Grindhouse Video uh, down the street from me. Uh, GrindhouseVideo.com, folks. Check it out. They got an insane selection of stuff. If you're a Grindhouse guy, if you're a cult guy, if you can think of something, Mike's got it. And I remember him saying once that uh, he really, really enjoys this film, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. It's one of his favorites. I haven't seen it. And let me tell you another little tidbit. Mike doesn't really know who I am. So... <laughs> If you were ever actually to hear this, I think he'd be really creeped out. He knows yeah. me as the guy that walks in a lot, and then I buy stuff once in a while. Um, I gave him a bunch of posters once that I was going to throw out, and I, oh. I was there yesterday, actually, because it's right next door to a record store. Yesterday was record store day, folks, if you didn't know. And he put up the Shaft poster I gave him, so I was very excited about that. Oh, very nice. You're famous. I am. So Killer Clowns includes a brand new restoration from the 4K scan of the original camera negative. New remastered 2.5.1 rat surround sounds, archived audio commentary, a whole bunch of stuff. So if you're a fan of the Killer Clowns from Outer Space, Arrow is delivering the goods. Matt, have you seen Killer Clowns from Outer Space? Um, I haven't. I've seen bits and pieces of it when it used to come on Channel 20 here in Connecticut when I was uh, really young, um, but uh, never seen the whole thing through. It's like one of those things where I don't think I've ever seen Attack of the Killer Tomatoes the whole way through either. Maybe we'll have to rectify that as well. Criterion is giving us The Virgin Suicides. Sofia Coppola's debut feature um, brandishes a brand new restored 4K digital transfer. New interviews as well with Coppola as well as some of the actors, including Kristen Dunst and Jess Hartnett, and a bunch of archived featurettes as well. So if you're a fan of The Virgin Suicides, you can pick that up. And then they're also giving us Jim Jarmusch's Dead Man, the Johnny Depp film. Is being yep. released. Includes a new 4K digital transfer. New Q&A with Jarmouche. Where he responds to questions sent in from the fans. And some other new featurettes as well. <coughs> Matt. Mm. In all my awesomeness. I neglected to pull a straight to DVD pick of the week. Okay. So why don't you start things off with a streaming pick of the week. Alright. I went back and forth on some of these. Um, I decided I'm going to go with... Uh... A controversial pick. I think. Uh, I think we both agree that the original Swedish version of this film is superior, but it's still, I think, a worthy film to watch. I'm talking about uh, "Let Me In," the Americanized version of "Let the Right One In," um, starring uh, Chloe Grace Moretz and Cody Smith McPhee. There's a lot of names in those two. Um, 
basically about a, a vampire who looks like a child who moves in next door and kind of this young boy falls under her sway. It's, it's, it's a different take on the vampire myth and it's got some really kind of creepy, creepy undertones to it that it's uh, really worth checking out. Yeah. I prefer the original. Yeah. I vastly prefer the original though. I think that this, the remake is good. Well, I shouldn't say a remake, right? It's not a remake. It's a, it's, a, it's an adaption. It's another adaption of a book. So there you go. Mm-hmm. So then I do have a straight to DVD pick of the week for you, Matt, and that's going to be the okay. Boneyard. All a right. Policeman played by Ed Nelson and a psychic played by Deborah. <laughs> Just kidding, Deborah Rose. Uh, <laughs> Link cult mayhem to a morgue run by Norman Fell of Three's Company fame, where ancient ghouls are on the loose. The film plunges into the nightmarish experiences of the portly, depressed psychic. What that just mean? whose involvement in a grisly child murder case leads her and her detective partner to an imposing fortress-like mortuary. Chen, the owner of the funeral home and prime suspect in the case, claims the three mummified corpses in question are not children, Matt, but ancient demons known as the Kiyoshi. It seems the little monsters have been around for centuries as a result of an age-old curse and can only be placated with the offerings of human flesh, with which the mortician has been supplying them his entire life. When Chen is jailed on murder charges, the underfed ghouls awaken in search of dinner, trapping the staff inside their mortuary walls and devouring them. The survivors, including Rose and Nelson, I'm almost done, use every means at their disposal to combat the demons, which have possessed the bodies of the morgue attendants, including Mrs. Poopinplots, played by Phyllis Diller, and her poodle, mutating them into hideous monsters. So I think everybody... Should check out the Boneyard, and then the cover of the of the Blu-ray is the mutated poodle. So you can't really go wrong with that. Sure, can't go wrong at all. Good times. All right, Matt. Good let's time. move on. Yeah. Okay. And let's talk a little bit about the U.S. version of Inside. So what are we gonna name her? How about? Zoe? No, I don't think so. Sweet. (laughs) She just kicked. Feel it. Sooner or later, so the baby. Matt, I'm going to say one word, and then I want you to tell the folks at home what this movie is all about. Okay. Cowards. Cowards? Cowards. Mm -hmm. I think you know what I'm talking about. Sure. Um, So this is a film. um, It's about a young woman, a a young pregnant woman who's in a car accident, um, and her husband is killed. um, And then flash forward a few months um or at some point in the future and and she's still pregnant and she's about to give birth on christmas eve or she's very close to being due when someone a woman invades her house uh trying to basically get the baby by any means necessary whether that's inducing her or you know home home body uh cesarean section and it's basically terror and trapped inside a house while a pregnant woman is in mortal peril there you are so Mm -hmm. I remember watching the original version of this film. Yeah. 
and being absolutely terrified. I remember watching this thing and visually, visually, physically yelling out loud, holy S, <laughs> three or four times while watching this thing. Right. It was one of the most intense horror films I can remember ever seeing. Uh, I think it is the crown jewel, as they say, of the new wave of French horror. I know some mm-hmm. people like, um, uh, what's it called there? Martyrs. The, yeah. I martyrs. prefer martyrs myself, but continue. And you're incorrect. Inside mm. is much more intense. Um, so here we have the American version, which has been languishing for a few years now. This thing was actually made two years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, it has been waiting to get released. I think it had a very small theatrical release. And then has been available on demand since uh, mid last year. So Matt, we once we discovered that this thing existed, Matt uh, of course reached out to dear friend Rachel Nichols, <laughs> and she was resp- said, oh, "I didn't know this even had thing happened. We'll have to check it out." And then she responded and said, "You know, I, I have to let us know what you thought." Mm-hmm. So Matt, what did you think about Inside? Uh, I really, I really wanted to like this because Rachel Nichols is, uh, <laughs> was kind enough to retweet to to us uh, about this film. But um, as Chris said, uh, while I may prefer Martyrs, Inside is is a very intense film. It's one that I recommend when I talk to people about French New Wave horror, and I say, really, that's kind of like your one-two punch. It's, those are the two that you really want to see. Um, and I remember Chris before I had seen this when he saw it, he was like, "This is like." one of the most disturbing, scary films I've seen in, in a long time. And I was like, really? Let's just see what this is all about. And he wasn't wrong. It's a pretty messed up film. Um, but man, this thing is just, this remake is just, it's toothless, Chris. It is just completely is. toothless. Um, and I don't know if it's partly just because I knew kind of, I knew the beats of the story for the most part. I know what was happening and, and kind of why everything was happening. Cause I'd seen it. Um, that may be part of it. Um, mm. But I wonder about that myself. Yeah. Cause you know, kind of, cause you know the ending and you know how it's all going to play out. So, I mean, that kind of, well, I thought so, I did. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, you know, the basic beats of the story, but you're right. Yes. I mean, this is, Nowhere near as violent. Um, no. It doesn't have the kind of weird artistic touches that were in the, the original, like uh, the kind of baby in the womb distress shots. They didn't have any of those mm-hmm. things. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a really, really missed opportunity because it just, it just isn't as nasty, which I guess is something weird to say. But for a horror movie, you kind of sometimes you, maybe you want it to be a little nasty and mean, and it's, it's not that at all. No. No, and that's a big, uh, I think, shortcoming of the film. It it totally lacks the intensity of the original. I think you put it perfectly when you said it's toothless. That original film, Matt, excuse me, is unrelenting. All right, once we get to the house, and there's that scene where she's sleeping, and you can barely make out the fact that that woman is standing over her in the background. Yeah. Just for a sec, and then she slowly kind of uh, drifts back out of out of frame. Even then, I remember the first time I watched it, I didn't even think I saw. I'm like, I was like, wait a minute, and I had to rewind it and then adjust the brightness, and I was like, holy crap, you know. So <laughs> it's just it doesn't have the impact, and. I think, listen, I think Rachel Nichols does a fine job in this. I do. I yeah. think Laura, Laura Herring 
uh, does as well. It's just that they're saddled with a film that A, they're remaking that, as Matt said, as I've said, is one of the most intense horror films that I can remember. And then you're going to not just suck all the gore and violence out of it, but the tension. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't, I keep going back and forth, Matt. Is that tension withdrawal my fault? Because as you said, I know the beats of this story. Um, I think that's possible. It's maybe a little, but it's not all of it for sure. Fine. I, I think that's fair. I just, I don't know. And it takes some, okay. So it does some interesting diversions too from the original film. Uh, and this one, our 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 lead escapes the house, right? And there's a pointless diversion into Laura Herring's lair, for lack of a better term. Uh, and then the thing totally cops out on the end, right? The ending totally cops out, and I don't know if that's just an American thing, where I'm not going to spoil it for you, but let's just say that things don't end well in the original. Right. And this one has your happy ending. In fact, Laura Herring's character does the noble thing. Which right. was, was, she does something similar in the original film. So in the original film, right, there's the blinded blinded and dazed cop who's just shooting around because he's terrified. He doesn't know what's happening. Uh, this one is takes a different tactic that I, it just doesn't work. The last... 10 15 minutes of this film just doesn't they don't it doesn't work yeah and i think it's it's probably i i'm gonna cut it some slack because as you said i am such a fan of the original and the intensity and the brutality of 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 it 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 grabs you by the neck and does not let go for 100 minutes that first film the original right this one just puts its arm around you and gently prods you Says, ooh, isn't this scary? Look, yeah. this is scary. <laughs> and in the end, taps you on the head and says, see, it wasn't so bad. Yeah, you're fine. You're safe. Uh, I'm sorry, Rachel. We thought you were fine on it. We thought you were fine. Yeah, Rachel did a great job. It's just yeah. that I miss the nihilism of the original. I do. That's true. Well, you know, I mean, the, the French, I mean, that whole new wave of horror thing. I mean, they are... in. in on a bit of a tangent, Chris, I mean, when we say that, I can only really think of three films. Are there really more? Are there, what else is there besides High Tension, Martyrs, and Inside? Um, well, there's what? There's a um, the one where the the couple goes up to the cottage and they're terrorized by the kids. I think Fastbender. Oh, the, Fr- the French version of The Strangers? Yeah. And then there's, there's I think, a couple Yields. other ones. Okay. But I'm blanking on You're right. When I think of it, it's the triumvirate of yeah, High Tension and Martyrs and then, of course, Inside. There were, I think, a couple others, but these are the three. Okay. People, A lot of people have problems with High Tension because there's a, there's the, the film takes a weird left turn about halfway through. Yeah, that's that an understatement. logically doesn't really make a lot of sense. Right. Um, I don't have an issue with it. I yeah. just, for that, that High Tension is basically you're at a a rundown amusement park, you know, with the carnies and stuff, and you're going through the haunted house and that thing. And even though you know everything's going to be fine, there are a lot of weird people around you. And you don't know. It's, you know, it's, it's, there's still that under, there's overwhelming feeling of dread throughout. Right. And that's another one, too, that's exceptionally graphic. Yeah. And I like I like Asia. I, the guy who wrote and directed it is Alexander Asia. 
And I really liked his The Hills of Eyes remake, which I think is yes. actually far superior to the original. It's way better than the original, yes. So the Mirrors remake. <sighs> but I, and I've been and then what else did he do? The one with um with Daniel Radcliffe where he plays the um oh, what's that one? The the um the white supremacist, the detective nope. who's no. 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 All right, everybody. Why don't you hang tight while I look this up? It's going to be a lot of fun for everybody. Horns. Radcliffe is growing the oh, horns. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. I saw that. So. Anyway. Anyway. I digress. Back, yeah, thanks for derailing me. So, uh, Sorry. The Insides. I can't, I can't recommend it. I can't. I think. I don't think Miss Nichols' performance is enough for me to push us over the edge yeah. and say, watch this. It's yeah, not enough. Laura, it's same it's with not. Laura Herring. It's just do yourself a favor, suck it up, deal with having to read subtitles because there's probably only about French. ten minutes of dialogue French, anyway. Or yeah, yeah or sure. learn French. Yeah, and uh, watch the original. Poop yourself, and then send us a <laughs> thank you email. Yes, find um, find your pregnant friends and invite them all over so that they can watch this film with you because they will really enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> also, this film, like the original Inside, it was very dark. Yeah, and it there was. were points I kind of had trouble following along with some of the stuff that was happening. Um, but I, you know what? The same thing happened the last time when I saw the original. I would like to get my hands on an HD version of Inside, though. Mm. I just have the DVD from when it first came out. I don't think I have it at all. I need to get it. So, if you've had a chance to see the new Inside remake, shoot us an email at feedback at the first run.com. Um, I want to, I feel like I can't give this thing a D. No, it's not that bad. It's, it's not that bad. I'm sitting at C minus and I'm going to go C minus yeah. because, um, I think I'm being harder on it than maybe I deserve because of my affection for the original and the fact that I've seen the original a few times. Yeah. So I wonder if I came into this thing cold that I would have enjoyed it more than I did. Mm. But I didn't, so I can't. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going C-. minus. Yeah, I think that's fair. It's probably where I'm going to land, too. I mean, I enjoyed the originals. I mean, it's, you know, it's such a good film. Um, you know, and it's a small fan base, uh, you know, of true, you know, I guess horror heads. But, I mean, it's a classic. I would say it's a new classic of, of that particular genre. So it's unfortunate, you know. We'll be monitoring your career, Rachel. We'll promise to see what you do next, and we'll talk about that. I'm not gonna. Too. I'm not going to uh, tweet my my thoughts no. of <laughs> inside directly to Rachel. Uh, you want me to post Kershaw. it on the sh- when I post a show on Twitter? You want me to include? <laughs> I'll, I'll leave that up to you. Buddy. Mention. All right. <laughs> no, we won't. So uh, no, shoot us an email. Feedback at thefirstrun.com. Have you seen the remake? Are you a fan of the original? Do you think we got the original wrong? Anything? Shoot us an email. Mm. We'd love to hear from you. All right. I am desperate. For attention Matt let's move on let's tackle the uh, um, film struck four or as we call it the TFR five but Matt I'm gonna play a clip right now for a, of a film that just didn't didn't make the cut for me that you sugar bumps who the hell are you it's me sugar bumps Oh, oh, thank God you're alive. I heard you. Fried. Is that what you heard? 
set me up over a woman. A, a woman! Must be insane. <laughs> Don't bother. Your life won't be worth spit! Been dead once already. It's very liberating. You should think of it as uh, therapy. <laughs> Jack, listen. Maybe we can cut a deal. Jack. Jack is dead, my friend. You can call me Joker. And as you can see, I'm a lot happier. Matt, I have seen that movie so many damn times. I know. Without prompting, I could probably quote it from start to finish. I could run you through the whole damn Every thing. Line. Yeah. It yeah. is. Yeah. I'm 1989. I am a robust 13 and a half, 14, almost, okay. almost 14 when that came out. Right. Cause it came out okay. in June. Yeah. Uh, and I was obviously born in July. And, um, I can't tell you how many. I, it was it's the first time I saw a movie in the theaters more than once. Really? Batman. I remember okay. taking my bike out and riding like the six miles to the theater to go see it like twice. Okay. I mean, I loved Batman. And uh, yeah. But no, didn't it? Didn't make the cut, Matt. See, I mean, here's the thing. I lo- I remember what a big deal Batman was back then, and like it was it was huge. Like I can't overstate how big of a cultural impact it was. And that thing just it does not have legs. It does not hold up. It does not it does it does not have the affection. I think that uh, a lot of some of those other films that we'll probably talk about um, did back from back then. No, yeah, and I'm gonna tell you too. I I don't have these in any particular order. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think I do. Though I think if I were to measure the impact it may actually play out the way i'm about to tell it to you so if you're not familiar filmstruck uh has been doing these hashtags on the twitters where they uh they 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 ask you for the you know four films that define your youth define who you are as a film fan your favorite comedies favorite horror films so we decided to tackle the uh five films that had the greatest impact on our youths Mm -hmm. and uh i'm you know what i I'm going to go first because I think you and I are going to have the same number one. So then technically, I, I well, here's the thing. I the put some number one. Sorry, go okay. Gotcha. No, did you, you put any restrictions on your, did you put any restrictions on yourself? No, ex- if no, no, I was going to say, cause I except to say that I've seen, I saw all of these in the theaters, but that's not true. One of them okay. I did not see in the theater. Okay. But um all of them had a lasting impact on me, not as a just as a movie fan, but as a human being, really, I think. They okay. actually created new grooves in my brain these films. All right. Okay. So, uh my number 5 was for me the damn funniest movie that had ever been made when I saw it. Okay. And it is, still holds up to this day. And that is Ghostbusters. Okay. I was a Ghostbusters freak as a kid. I yeah. had a hat. I called the phone number. Uh, <laughs> I <laughs> I remember going to see this in North Haven, Connecticut. It was a showcase cinema. 
I watched it with my parents and my sister. I walked out and my life was changed. Uh, I absolutely adored this thing. It was so funny. I didn't probably get half the jokes. For me, little me, what was it, 85, right? So I would have been 10. Uh, okay. It was a little saucy. Yeah. I remember one of my favorite, it's a separate film, but as I give you a quick little story, I remember seeing Dragnet. Remember Dragnet with Tom I Hanks do. and Dan yes. Aykroyd? There's yes. a scene with Tom Hanks as, was it Pep Herb Street? Does a, a thing when when uh, Drebin makes like a, you should do da, 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 this. And then Hanks mimics um, a masturbatory thing, right? <laughs> I didn't know what that was as a kid. Right, was it 87 right. that came out? Okay. So I said, oh yeah, I know. And it's really funny because what he does is he goes like he's going to then throw dice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he did. <laughs> so that's how in touch and how smart I was back then. But anyway, number five, or not that there's a number, but yeah, Ghostbusters is on my list. Yeah, uh, well, I have Ghostbusters on my list too, so I'll go ahead and talk about it now. Um, now, I'm younger than Chris, so I didn't actually see this in the theaters. I saw it probably a year later when I was about seven years old when it came out on VHS, and I must have worn this thing down. Like, as Chris said, mm-hmm. he could he could quote every line of Batman. I saw Ghostbusters so many times I could literally recite the whole thing verbatim while I was sitting there watching it. And I would actually do that sometimes while I was sitting there watching it, just line after line after line. Um, Yeah. I mean, it was kind of like this whole, we'll get more into it later, but it was kind of one of the first things that was like, it had a bit of a scary edge to it. And it was kind of like my first introduction into some of that more scary stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, Ghostbusters is, was, a massive film and it was just as far as you know getting me into that kind of whole school of comedy and that whole kind of book um it really was huge in my filmic development so thank you bill murray and you're still the best out of all of them in that in that entire series there you go i can, yeah. yeah i can't remember how disappointed i was with ghostbusters too even as a kid i remember thinking man this is not good yeah so all right oh let me ask you matt were you guys a vhs or a beta family no, we were really a VHS hated. family. Yeah. VHS family, yes. As we were. My my mom's best friend, they actually had beta. And uh, okay. would babysit their kid. And every now and then they'd pull out the tapes and watch stuff and it was beta. Listen, folks, yeah. I don't think you know you may not appreciate this if you're younger too. VHS, when it first came out, was revolutionary. Ex- but expensive as all hell. Yeah. It was a hundred dollars to buy a VHS tape. Yeah. In the eighties. Yeah. Hundred bucks now. I wouldn't pay I don't know if I'd pay a hundred bucks for a movie today. Maybe if it was like a uh a signed copy of Ghost, of of Batman that Michael Keaton had reshot himself and did all the dialogue. <laughs> I don't know. But I just it was expensive back then because they didn't occur to them, which you think about today is just an insane concept. But back then it didn't occur to the movie uh gods that people would actually want to own a copy of this stuff. Right. So they right. didn't make it mass produced. They didn't make, price it where people would buy stuff. Right. So anyway, it's just a, things were crazy back then, yo. It was. And then, you know, then there was always somebody, that kid or that family that had two VCRs and they were like pirating out of their, out of their basements and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good times. So anyway, yep. uh, moving on. My next one, Matt, I'm going to go with, uh, Star Trek 2. Okay. That's a good one. That's a good pick. That one, too, is another one. I think I've talked about this before in the show where I got the record of the Star Trek 2 soundtrack. 
and I would sit in my dad's recliner, put on this, the, the record and reenact scenes from the movie as Captain Kirk. <laughs> All right. That's the film that started my love for Star Trek. I don't think I saw the first one when, you know, at the time. I mean, because it came out in 79. I was four. So, but I, I have clear, crystal clear memories of seeing Star Trek 2 and absolutely loving it. My mom was a big Trekkie, so she liked that stuff too, which obviously is probably how I got into it. But uh, still, insane stuff. I absolutely adored it. To this day, it's still one of my all-time favorite films. It is so much fun. As uh, Nicholas Meyer, the director and writer, said he wanted to make Horatio Hornblower in space. And that's exactly what he did. It mm. is so much fun. And uh, that's why it's here. Yeah. I really love I really love Star Trek, too. It really is the pinnacle of the Star Trek films. It is fantastic. Not on my list, though, mostly because I didn't think of it. But I guess it doesn't belong there if I didn't think of it. There you go. All right, I know, so- and, and I was going to say, too. There, well, maybe I'll, yeah, you know what? I'll let you go because I think I'll okay. spoil something for you. And I don't want to do that. Okay. Um, so my number four or my next pick, I should say is, is a controversial pick. Now I saw this film when I was way, way, way too young. Um, my cousins who are much older than me, um, they rented the Texas chainsaw massacre <laughs> and they brought it over. I was probably like eight years old <laughs> Wow! And I, and I watched this thing with them and it just, it was the scariest thing I've ever seen. I just, it just felt so real. It just felt so <laughs> just raw and just messed up and like and here's the thing i mean people think the texas chainsaw massacre is really gory it's actually not it's not you don't actually see a lot of but the way hooper shoots it and he just the cuts he makes you my little brain was filling in all those blanks and it just he like sent me down that kind of horror path but it really warps me as a small child so i i i'm a huge horror fan now but i and i think it really has a lot to do with being watching this film when i really should not have been watching it yeah i don't think i caught up with tcm until um i was older like late teens early 20s i i i I just had never had cause to see it so it wasn't a triggering event for me for a horror um but i'll skip around just continue the horror discussion uh so the one that did it for me i don't know if you remember, remember this but usa home of burn notice and psych and all that stuff Sure. So they used to have something when it first came out. They had something called Saturday Nightmares. Yep. And they used to run these just crazy, sometimes really bad horror films at late at night. Uh, and one film they ran changed my life, and that is Sam Raimi's Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. When I first saw that, it was one of the first films, horror films I ever saw. Probably the first horror film I ever watched. I remember. When I was real young, um, peeking through the uh, the um, rails of the stairwell as my mom and dad were watching The Shining for about 20 minutes and then getting terrified and running to bed. But the first horror film I really <laughs> sat and watched from start to finish was Sam Raimi's Evil Dead. And that thing terrified me. I had to turn on all the lights in the house. My parents went out for the night. It was just me and my sister. And my sister was playing in the other room, I guess. And I just settled in to watch this evil dead film i had heard actually pretty scary things about it and then i thought i'd watch it and that thing terrified me later on i went to go there was a video store it was carl's video box in meriden connecticut and they had it on vhs because you know the it's the usa version it's not going to be as intense and even then it scared the hell out of me but carl was a nice guy and he'd let the kids rent the rated r movies 
So I, I, I rented that bad bear. <laughs> then I watched that one night next and that was it, man. That thing. I still think evil dead holds up today. I do. I mean, <laughs> you may think the effects are all cheesy, but they're all practical. And I still think that thing is terrifying to this day. And it launched me into all the horror that I love. It was from there that I watched, you know, then I saw Evil Dead 2. And then eventually I would shift into, I think it was my late teens, maybe early 20s. My late teens when I discovered the Italian horror stuff, which is just absolutely insane. But Evil Dead, Matt, was a linchpin. That's what started it all. Okay. Very good. All right. So um, my next film is a film that uh, I watched and it started a a love affair with a a genre um, that was really popular once and is not really that popular anymore. Um, My father, I remember him telling me stories about films he was watching when he was a kid and he brought up how much he liked uh, A Fistful of Dollars. Um, And he, you know, was rattling off all the lines, you know, as far as the, you know, the walking through town, walking past the undertaker and saying, get three coffins ready. And the whole, you insulted my mule thing. And the whole thing just kind of like badass Clint Eastwood yeah. um, kind of template for the uh, squinty flinty eyed uh, uh, gunslinger in, in Westerns. And it kind of kicked off a love affair with Westerns. I still have a real soft spot for it. You know, maybe it's not the best Western out there, but it, it probably is one of my favorites just because it's really the first one that I saw. Fair enough. I didn't get into Westerns until much later in life. Probably mm. my late teens, early 20s. I don't know what it was. It just didn't appeal to me. Uh, right. And then I remember, was it I, Was it Unforgiven? Was it really that long it took me? I can't imagine wow, that's, it that's was. Wow, that's late. No, that's you know, late. you know what it was? No, it wasn't. It was, I think the first one I really saw was, what's the Clint Eastwood one where he plays uh, Pale Rider? Mm. I watched that with my dad because my dad is a big Clint Eastwood fan. Right. And then from there, I saw, um, I think my favorite non-Leone uh, Clint film is, um, uh, holy crap, not the Outlaw Josie Wales, the one where he's a ghost. And he paints the town red. Uh, High Plains Drifter. High Plains oh, Drifter, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and then, of course, uh, I got, I think, she, I, think I, didn't, I don't think I watched... Um, once upon a time in the West until I actually started hanging out with you. Yeah. Well, yeah. Think, Cause you watched it for the show. We watched it for the show the first time. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'd always been more the, the Clint Leone trilogy. And yeah. then you said, I'm telling you, man, once upon a time in the West may be the ultimate Western. And yeah, you were right. It's a work of art. So once good, I said, I was right once. Uh, you tell me I'm wrong all the time, but I was right this one time. <laughs> so congratulations. Yeah. All right. So my next one then is uh all right, people. I'm gonna I'm gonna get real with you right now. All right. It's we're having a we're having, there's there's a tough time in my household growing up. There was a lot of chaos in certain points. And uh we were having some troubles at home and I was having some personal difficulty as a kid. And my mom, I guess, took some, I don't know. She thought, let's get Chris out of the house. And we went to go see a movie at this little th- little twin theater in Meriden, Connecticut. Um, I think it's where, uh, only people local will know this. Remember where Bradley's was, Matt? 
in Maryland. You actually, you came to Connecticut later, didn't you? Did you grow up in Connecticut? I can't remember. Uh, I grew up, but I was in kind of the Simsbury Avon area, so I never really made it over to Meriden. Okay. To well, at the top of Meriden, uh, top of Meriden, I shouldn't say, where Meriden Wallingford meet, right? You kind of go up a hill. Uh, there used to be like a whiz there too, but I'm going to go back even further than that. There was a Bradley's uh, department store. I'm not even sure what's there at this point. But there was a point where there was a there was a movie theater there, and my mom brought me there as a kid, and I saw um, the Living Daylights. It's 1987, and it was the first Bond film I ever saw, and it's Timothy Dalton, so it's his first film, and I was blown away by it. It just I was I had never seen anything like that before, you know, that kind of just action and. The whole how cool and smooth he was, and I just instantly fell in love with the character. Nothing really, I think, really defines male adolescent escapism. And I'm, I don't mean that as an insult, but it is what it is as right. James Bond. And The Living Daylights, just, I loved it. And today, it's, it's still one of my favorite Bond films. I think more, though, as a nostalgia pick than it is the quality of the film. It's still, sure. it's a strong Bond film. It is probably in the top 10, but um, lower 10. And I still think Dalton did a fantastic job in that role. Though, once Daniel Craig came along, he put his dark and brooding to shame. Yeah. But uh, still, Living Daylights, just opened my eyes to action cinema and escapism. So there mm. it is. That's where I fell in love with James Bond. There you go. All right. So my number, well, I keep, I want to keep wanting to give these things numbers. Um, my next pick is probably the funniest movie I had ever seen at that time. I had never really laughed out loud as hard as I did while I was watching this stupid, silly film. Um, and it's endlessly quotable. And it really started that whole, you know, quoting a movie to people, you know, who have seen it will think it's funny as well that you're doing this, but everybody else will not. Um, I'm of course talking about Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Um, when that came out or when I saw that for the first time, uh, I had never seen anything so funny as Chris pointed out. Um, Ghostbusters I had watched and I had enjoyed, but I think a lot of the humor went over my head at the time. Um, whereas this was this kind of British humor was just completely silly and, and stupid. It, was, it can be appreciated on many levels and even the youngest kids can get it, which is, I just thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. And it still, it still holds up. It's still a, a classic funny movie. And it's still funny every time I watch it. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a good pick. I don't think I saw Money Python Holy Grail till high school. I was no. probably 14, 15 is when I finally got around to it. And you're right. I laughed so hard. I cried watching that. Thing. Yeah. And that's One of the funniest movie. movies ever. Oh, easily. Easily. What about the others? I think Life of Brian is better than Meaning of Life. Um, uh, I thought I thought I thought Meaning of Life was funnier because again I saw it when I was younger. Um, you know, so Meaning of Life I think had more jokes in it that was you know I could was more easily digestible. digestible. Yeah, as opposed to Life of Brian's a little higher up. I didn't really get it at the time, so I didn't really enjoy it quite as much. I mean, you know, the guys in Leaning of Life, the guys come to collect the guy's liver while he's still using it. That I thought that was the height of hilarity. So, you know. <laughs> I haven't watched any of those films in probably 15 years. If really? not 20. Maybe. Yeah. I have to revisit it. And good news, too, if you haven't heard, folks, Netflix has gotten a hold of the Monty Python. The Flying stuff. Circus? 
Yeah. So oh, they're wow. going to be showing a lot of Python soon. I think June. Which okay. I, I haven't seen all the episodes. So I haven't seen them all either. I was uh, I used to watch them when they were on A&E when I could, but I haven't. I don't think I've seen half of them. Right. So I'm really looking forward to that. With the, you know, the last five Mystery Science Theater episodes I haven't seen yet either. <laughs> Ridiculous. All right, then, uh, Matt. Here's the big daddy for me. Okay. Possibly a perfect film. I Oh, it is. It's a perfect film. I think we have to put it in the Pantheon. It has to go into the vault. It can't be used, I don't think, really going forward for anything. I okay. I just, I don't think it, it's, we can talk about that. But still, this film screams adventure. This is a modern day version of just the classic serials of yesteryear, right? And I it, can't believe we're going to have the same film. This is crazy. Go ahead. So, but it is a go-to for me. I watch this thing at least once a year, sometimes more. And it is just, it's the ultimate, if you, let me put it this way. If you, if aliens came down to this planet and asked you for a, give us your best film or your most entertaining film or just a, a representation of cinema in the United States, I would show them Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm. Yeah, I completely agree with you. That was, that was my, that was my last film to discuss. Um, it, it is a perfect film. It is so much fun. It, that's just watching this film was just every beat and moment of it was just, it just had me enraptured and it's just really kind of kicked off this whole like love affair with film. I mean, it was, it really kind of solidified how fun a film could be. And it it's, it's still good. No matter how many times you watch it, it never gets old. It is. It's timeless. And it's, it's because it, it's in love with cinema itself. That's yeah. one of the reasons why it's so successful. It's cast perfectly. It's written incredibly well. It's adventure from beginning to end. It is endlessly fun. And it is possibly the most rewatchable film ever made. I know like Shawshank is up there with people, but I'm telling yeah. you, man, if you get if I if if I had to choose a film to watch maybe for the rest of my life, it probably would I think it would have to be Raiders. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, fa- face melting Nazis. What do you what are you, what are you gonna choose? A super charming Harrison Ford. Come on. At the height of his charm powers. That's right. So I just want to point out one thing. I'm shocked that there were no Star Wars films on your list. Yeah, I intentionally left it off, to be quite honest with you. Um, You know, I think we've talked about Star Wars ad infinitum here. Um, And I would probably put Star Wars on there. Um, But I I decided to go with Raiders instead. Because I I think you could watch Raiders more often than you could watch Star Wars. Although... I wouldn't feel right putting Empire Strikes Back up against that as well. So, I think Raiders is a better film than Empire. Do you? I do. I think it is. Yeah, you know what? You, you, I, I could get behind that. I mean, as a whole and as a mass appeal to everyone, and it has something for everybody. I would say definitely. Like, I can recommend Star Wars to people and be like, mm, who've never seen it before, and I'm like, you're not gonna like it. You know, you're really not gonna like it. You know, and I, I honestly don't think if somebody said. Well, I didn't like Raiders. I'd be like, I don't want to know you as a human being because <laughs> I don't understand you at all. <laughs> like, I can understand somebody not liking Star Wars, but I can't understand somebody not liking Raiders. There you go. All right, so honorable mentions for me, Matt. Uh, a film that almost scarred me as a youth because of how violent it was. Um, mm. But then I ended up watching it dozens of times and still watch it probably every few years. And that is Paul Verhoeven's RoboCop. Robocop. Ooh, yes. Good one. 
Jim Cameron's Aliens. I probably watched mm-hmm. a dozen times growing up yeah. within like a two year span. Uh, Batman, as you heard earlier. Return of the Jedi, I did have on here because that was the one I saw in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Back to the Future was also uh, okay. a big film for me yeah. as a kid. But then finally, too, one last thing. Uh, when I started to get into movies, my parents said to me, listen, Chris, if you're going to really, if you if you feel this is a passion of yours, then you got to start, you got to start watching the good stuff. Mm. Um, and that, and that's when my parents showed me the Godfather, like at uh, 14. Mm-hmm. So that was also deeply impactful. And then later on, like in my, I think when I was 20, I saw Rashomon, which again, changed my life, but mm-hmm. I wasn't a youth then. So it didn't make the cut. Uh, very good um so i had aliens and robocop as well um i had the thing on there just because it still blew me yeah. away as far yeah. as the the horror and the practical effects um, yeah that should have been an honorable mention for me i meant to include it thank you very much yeah. mm-hmm. uh star wars uh ferris bueller um i watched way too many times um jaws was that was that was my contender for something that scarred me and i watched too early it was either going to be jaws or or texas chainsaw massacre but i went with tcm and then um my first kind of like real quote-unquote adult serious film um that i thought was so grown up for watching was platoon uh somehow we got into Mm -hmm. that and um yeah it was kind of like you know kind of showed what what films could be like and i think the godfather followed up soon after that yeah Good picks. Good stuff. All right, folks. We'd love to hear your thoughts. What were your um, TFR5 if you're a youth, not your filmstruck for? Hashtag TFR5. Let's get it trending, mom. So uh, just an email feedback at thefirstrun.com. Next week, we're going to discuss finally the death of Stalin. Uh, I am very excited to talk about this. Uh, A second film, TBD. And then we're going to break down the first run summer bracket. Matt, it's mm-hmm. going to be some crazy stuff. Let me tell you some of the films, folks, that have are in the bracket. Of course, you have your Avengers Infinity War. You may see a Deadpool, perhaps an Ocean's 8, maybe Life of the Party, Jurassic World. We're going to tell you. We're going to break it down, and we're going to predict what the best film of the summer is going to be. By the way, Matt, um last year again last year i won our rotten tomatoes challenge yeah you did anything you want to tell me um i still owe you 35 (laughs) dollars You have to. Every, see, here's the thing. I say I gotta buy this thing for Chris, but every time I like go to the grocery store or someplace that has AMC gift cards, I never remember to pick it up. So I'm gonna pick it up. But you, what you need to do, Chris, mm-hmm. you need to text me your address because that'll remind me to do it. Because okay. then it'll be on my phone and we'll be ready to go. All right, we'll do that. Then we'll get that done. So anyway, yes, I know, <laughs> I know, I owe you some money. Don't send anybody up here. All right, good. Because I do know some people. All right, that's going to be the big show for this week. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, YouTube, uh, firstrun.com itself. We'd love to hear from you as always. Feedback at thefirstrun.com. Matt, that's going to be the big show for this week. Let's take a break. We'll see you soon. my beloved goal. Sir, to kill, sir! So you're a killer? Sir, yes, sir! Let me see your war face. Sir! You got a war face? Ah! That's a war face! Now let me see your war face! Ah!
Bullshit! You didn't convince me. Let me see your real war face. Ah! You don't scare me. Work on it.